praise the Lord. Let's have our seat. It's been wonderful. Our God has been helping us since the beginning of this teaching. Now, the session we are going to now looks at managing relationship with children, with extended families, and with others. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for thus far you have helped us. We submit ourselves unto you again to teach us further. Holy Spirit, every truth that we need to know, each and every one of us, drop it in our heart in this meeting, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We believe you are already doing healing in our marriage, in our home. Make the healing perfect in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Okay. Let's start with Genesis 2, 23 to 25. And Adam said, At last, with excitement, if you read King James, it doesn't have at last there. Which means the moment Adam set his high on him, he said, wow, this is beautiful. This is now bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of me. Now 24, which is the focus. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. A godly marriage is primarily made of three. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as one, the Godhead. The husband and the wife, with or without a child. Primarily, when God started this institution, He started with only Adam and Eve. And that is why that verse 24 says, a man shall leave his father and mother, his siblings, and does what? Cleave to the wife. When you go to Matthew 19, 5 to 6, verse 6 said, Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Let no child put asunder. Let no problem put asunder. Let no friend put asunder. And in, in Psalms 45, verse 10 to 11, so many people can interpret it, okay, it's only me that should leave my father 
a mother. My wife can afford to be going. Look at Psalms 45, verse 10 to 11. To Akin, O daughter, and consider, and incline thy here, forget also thine home people, and thy father's house. So shall the king, that is your husband, greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. That is Psalms 45, verse 10 to 11. He said, forget your father's house. Forget your own people. When you do that graciously, then you find favor before your husband. Everything was going perfectly well. Let, then, let's go to the text again. Look at the second part of the text. I want to highlight there. Verse 25. So, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were both naked and they were not ashamed. What does that mean? In Genesis 2, God instituted marriage. And everything was made perfect. But, in verse 3, in chapter 3, the third party came into the scene and problem started. Who was the first, third, the first third party? Devil. And shame came into the situation. So in other words, shame is inevitable. The moment third party come into the scene. Including children. As a matter of fact, the first shame that came to marriage came because the devil came. When the devil came, death Loss, shame, nakedness came into marriage. And before you know it, Cain and Hebel came into the scene. And before you know it, what happened? Pain. The same brother killed the other brother. So, third party is a source of problem to marriage. And therefore, you need to be very careful, be vigilant, be watchful, and be fully prepared to undo this third party. Yes, it's only you and your wife, but you are not going to be an island. You are going to relate with all these other people. But you need to be equipped. How do you relate with them? And the original plan and purpose of God for your marriage will still be fulfilled. We're going to treat quickly as God will allow us four subtopics. Managing relationship with extended family members. When I say extended family members, I mean parents, in-laws, your siblings, your uncles. People that have influence on you, one way or the other. They manage a relationship with children. I call them the nuclear family members. Then number three, manage a relationship with non-family members. And this includes your friends, your house help, your work, your ministry, your service in church. 
It includes your phones, TV, cricket, football, whatever you do. That's what we call non-family member third parties. And the last one we hand, we're going to look at handling marital challenges that are related to your relationship with your children, your family, and your non-family members. Okay, let's go to Okay. Marriage relationship with extended family members. The first part I want to say here is you don't have any option about this group. I don't know, I don't want to be this type of uh, in-law. I don't want this type of brother. They are connected to you by God. You just have to manage them. You can choose your friend. But can you choose your mother? You can't. Can you choose your brother? No. But you need to be able to manage them without having a stressful marriage. When I got married... One of the first challenge I had to undo came from this group. And what was it? The day we got married, my wife and I, the sequence was we went to church in the morning. And after the church, when we finished the church, we went for the traditional marriage. The same day. When we finished the the Church marriage, we were dressed in a suit, and my wife in white. My dad and my mom said, oh, our pastor, who their pastor was in the meeting, said, because of what they have heard, because of this ritual undertone, you should not off this clothes, go with this suit to traditional wedding. <laughs> that was the first shock I got. And here I am. I want to please my parents. And I don't want to please my in-law. My in-law on one side was saying, no, you have to go with traditional. This is traditional wedding. You must wear the traditional like this. My parents said, no, their pastor already told them, no. Some people, they they use charms. If you have it, this one happened. So you must go with what? With suit. To traditional. That was my first. And for glory be to God, the will of God, the wisdom of God prevailed. I went with the traditional, without offending my parents and offending my in-laws. So whether you like it or not, if you are not yet married, be prepared for it. If you are married, you will continue to go through that circle. Then you need to know how to manage it. And I thank God today. I'm sure devil planned that demonic confusion on that day to make me have a, a, a stressful marriage. But glory be to God, my marriage has been heaven on heart. Until Jesus comes, it will continue to be like that. And your home will be like that in Jesus' name. Okay, the second point. 
you must consciously live and cleave to your wife. This group, as wonderful as they are, they are source of challenges. You need to have a change of mind when you get married. A change of what? A change of mind. You must resist the temptation to compare your mother with your wife. Oh, my mom does not cook like this. Sorry. Go and marry your mom. My dad does not treat me like this. Then why don't you go and marry your your dad? You must both realize that you you are in a new home. And you are responsible for that home. Not your father or your mother. God will not question you about what you did. What your father did not do or didn't do. God will only question you about your marriage. So you are starting a new home. You better get to face what you have gained. Your father and mother, your in-law, they had their own home. And that was why you are one of the graduates of that home. You too, you are going to produce some graduates. Focus on your assignment and not their home. Let's go to point three. Your external family members have limited roles to play in your marriage. They have what? Limited role. And please ensure you make that role limited. Don't be tempted to make them go beyond their boundaries. It's the way you present your home that people will deal with you. If all decisions are to go to daddy before you finalize, you know what you are making your home to be. When you look at the life of Ruth, in Ruth 1.16, Ruth said, my mother-in-law, yes, the husband is dead, but I will follow you wherever you go. Your God will be my God. Where you die, that is where I will die too. What do you think that means? Ruth, Naomi, had a positive influence in the life of Ruth. To the extent she was ready to go with her, even though the husband was dead. Why am I saying this? That does not mean your parents, your mother, your mother-in-law, you should now block the road for them. No, they are vital road to play in your marriage. Who will have ever heard of Ruth? If she did not go with her mother-in-law. No. Point four. Your parents should be at liberty to advise you, but not to force you to comply. They can advise you, but they are not 
to force you to comply. Remember again, it is about your own, not their own. And God will not question them for your home. He will question you. When we are having her children, one or another challenge that we have to face is, if you are from Nigeria, you will connect with this. There are some norms that our parents are used to. Take for example, that if a child does not eat, how do you make the child to eat? You must force the food to the truth of the child. That's what we are trained with. Nigeria, am I correct? And how do you do that? You have to turn the child, block the nose of the child, and force the food inside. <laughs> That's what we were taught. Of course, the, our parents, they meant, they meant good for us. But when it was my turn, sorry mommy, you can't treat my child like this. Simple. And that's true. It's my child, not your child. Because that's the way it is. I've seen many of us, oh, no, my mom, whatever mommy says I have to do. Sorry. Now, another one that is common is, when in those days, when a child is growing, any simple Diarrhea or fever. Oh, it's because of cheating. It's because of cheating. So go to the old chemist, the whole shop. Go and be buying cheating. There's nothing called cheating drugs. To, go, to, to the glory of God, I never used any cheating drug for my children. There was no Christ. Oh, in those days, it was as if a, a big issue. Ah, the child has a fever. It's because of cheating. Go and buy this cheating. And that is not the solution for the problem the child is having. So they will make you do what they have done. Sorry, you have to do what you need to do as instructed by God for your own. Okay, let's go to the next one. Treat your parents and in-law with respect, dignity and honor. Deuteronomy 5.16 Say we should honor our father and mother. The moment you get married, your in-law becomes your father and your mother. The moment you get married, everything about your spouse becomes yours. Just like you want to have the same account, the same house, the same children, which means every liability of your wife, of your husband, becomes what? Your liability. The same way all the joy, the enjoyment, the affluence of your spouse becomes yours. The same thing. So please learn to demonstrate love, the love of God to them. Treat them with dignity. I'm not going to take side today. I say, okay, women have more on this side. No! If you treat a good mother-in-law in a good way, she will respond. Even, sorry, if you treat a bad mother-in-law in a good way, she will respond. You just demonstrate the godly love that you have been taught by Christ. Don't pay evil, don't pay evil with what? Evil. Pay back with what? 
good as a child of God. No matter how wicked, how terrible the other person may be. Shower godly love on them. Accept them the way they are. And learn to manage them. Let me share this experience. And I've, I remember, I've, thank God my wife has mastered that now. You grew with your parents. Your parents are used to you. There are things you do, your parents will overlook. But if you do the same thing to your in-law, sorry, they will pick offense. Let me give an example. If my wife wakes up in the morning, and my in-law, they are, my, if my, our home parents are inside the house, she could afford to, okay, mommy, I'm not ready to cook. I'm very tired. Let me, you can just go and fix something in the kitchen. But if my mother and my father come, sorry, that is not acceptable. Because you just told them for a short period, you must overdo the love. Then you gain the acceptance. If you say, no, I'm not, this is my home. That's the way I'm used to it. You're already starting building, what? Problems in your home. Last point, what? Fix, right? Never delegate authority in your marriage to anybody. Ephesians 5, 21 to 23. I'm not going to go into detail. We have read it. The earth, of course, you know, is the husband. The earth meat is the wife. As wife, please respect your husband's decisions. As the finer, not your father's decisions. Respect who? Your husband's decision as the finer, not your father or your mother's decision. And as wife, as husband, respect the opinion of your wife and not the opinion of your own parents. No, my dad said that's how I'm going to do it. Sorry, that does not work in your marriage. It has to be a common opinion. Do not expose your spouse to family pressure and influences. A lot of us, we, we just throw our wife up to all those harassment everywhere. No. Part of protecting your spouse is to ensure you don't expose all, all the weaknesses of your spouse to anybody, including your parents. Be ready to defend your spouse. No, I use the word spouse here. I don't use her or him. Because it's both ways. You go to your mother as a wife and you start to say, Oh, my husband useless for nothing. Then that's the way it will be. You must praise your husband like the, I think Pastor said it, as the king and treat your wife as the queen. Before anybody, whoever it is, including Pastor, except when he comes for counseling. Because he is, or she is, the closest person to you in this world. Do you expose your nakedness to any other person? No. Is that true? Is that man you expose your nakedness to? So why should you go and be talking, talking, talking all around and exposing your husband? No, or your wife. Be ready to take responsibility of your spouse's shortfall. For you are the one 
she married not your father, not your mother. Keep your spouse secret away from your family. I mentioned that. And you know why, why that? Let me just mention this. Where if you have the attitude of talking about your husband, your wife, everywhere, the moment the battle is over and you set it in your bedroom, all those people you have broadcasted it to, they will still be looking at your spouse the same way. As far as they are concerned, your spouse has not changed. But to you, has he changed? You have settled in the bedroom. But those people you went to tell, sorry. You can't go and say, oh, come, my husband is changed, you, he's changed, you. Sorry, you can't. You cannot. Keep your secret to your marriage. And trust God to help you overcome it. Now, never correct your spouse in the presence of others. You see, I told you, it's not it's useless for nothing. See the way it goes. I told you, I've been telling you. Many of you tell our friends. No. Make your spouse weaknesses a bedroom affairs, not a public affairs. Then number seven. Discuss and agree. Discuss, agree, and establish clear mode of support and interaction with your parents and siblings. What do I mean by this? In 1 Timothy 5.8, But if any provide not for his own home, especially for those of his own house, who had his own house, extended family, he, he has denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. That does not mean only your children. It means your family as well. Your father and your mother, and your spouse, father and mother, and siblings. I told you at the beginning, when you get married, you marry the whole family. You marry all of them. It's your responsibility. Whatever issue that is in your wife's family, you must set to it. The, and the other way around. Now, ensure equity and do not be biased or partial. A straight example of that is, if you are the man... Probably you are the one working, you are getting salary. Every month you are sending um, a thousand, a thousand naira to your parents, and you are sending only one hundred naira to your in-law. Is that equity? No. You must discuss it. You must what? Discuss and agree. Yes, we may have to do that. Probably your own parents, they are more well to do, they have, they still have job, or the, your wife's parents, they are, they are pensioners, in different scenarios. But please don't take that decision on your own. It must be what? A collective decision. Then your home will have less stress. Be open and sincere to discuss how your siblings feel about your spouse. If you are getting complaints from your mother and your father, your siblings, that oh, your husband does not even help us. When they say that, what do you do? You protect him or her in their presence. But please come home to come and tell your spouse 
what they have said, how they are feeling, and you discuss together how do you solve it. Not that the moment your siblings say, oh, your husband does not help us. Say, I know, I've been trying, it doesn't help. No! You don't say that about your spouse. You already start, you're already inviting problem to your home. Let's go to the next point. With the children, I will try not to stay, have the ability to stay long on this. I'll move fast on this. Now, children are agenda, are God's agenda for marriage as a means of filling and replenishing the old heart. We know that in Genesis 1.28, it said we should be fruitful and multiply. That was God's agenda from the beginning. That Adam and Eve will meet and they will produce godly children. And that's our next point. See, God desires that we have and raise godly children. Matthew 2.15 Malachi, sorry. Malachi 2.15 The desire of God is for us to have and raise godly children. Godly children. Number three. Children are special gifts from God to couples as caretakers. Children are what? Special gift from God to us. As caretaker to those children. You will make account to God how you do the job. And you can't escape it. How you do that work of taking care of those children. How you relate with them. You will make account to God. It is not your parents that will make that account. But who? You. Psalm 127, 3-5. Couples must be fully prepared for their arrival. Now, this is talking to newly married now. Please, if you, are, you don't have a child yet, or your wife is pregnant, please be prepared. <laughs> it makes a whole lot of difference. If I quickly flash my, heart, my mind back, I'm sure children are not here. It reduces your romance time. Yes or no? Yes or no? In those days, of course, we are hard upset. Let's just put some. In those days, you can start the action in city room. Yes or no? You can start in the kitchen. But the moment children enter, sorry, you are confided to where? To your room. In fact, it actually starts from the period, from the time of pregnancy. So it's time to go. Ah, sorry, sorry. Oh, this pain. Probably women use, use that as an excuse. I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. But that is it. Please be prepared for it. If you don't have a child yet, you are not yet married, be prepared. Children are godly intruders. That's what we call them. <laughs> they are godly what? Intruders. <laughs> But please never allow your children to take the place of your husband. And the other way. Don't divert the attention of your love to the children and leave your husband. You are, you are bringing problem to your own. Remember that parenting is temporary while marriage is permanent. 
People that their children are married, they know, they know this better. The way you started as two is the same way you will end as what? So if you don't marry those period where? Sorry, as we have seen marriage of 50 years broken. Because the woman just neglect the man for long. When the children are left, they now want to, okay, let's start, let's start sweet 16 again. Sorry. For how many years? We have left it. Everything has passed. We are, I was, I've been managing it for years. So please don't let your children take the place of your husband and vice versa. Wife, please re- always realize that your husband silently desire that you treat her like a baby. Just like you are treating your children. And the same way to the spouse. Of course, I've just mentioned this. Family planning is a must. But if God gives you the grace, you can have as many as you want. But be ready to pay the bills. <laughs> Praise God. Couples are charged with specific roles to play as caretaker to the children. I will rush through this quickly. Okay. Couples are charged, okay, sorry, give them prophetic names that will help them to fulfill their days and not just fancy names. I've seen parents give their children fancy names. What's the meaning of the name? I don't know. I just like the name. No, it's not about liking the name. You give them what? Prophetic names that will make them to fulfill their days. Check those references. We don't have time. We need to move fast now. Make sure you dedicate them to the Lord. Those are your responsibility, your relationship with your children. And the Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the Lord? Righteous do. From the beginning, make sure you do it. And for a better, you have you never dedicated your children to the Lord. In this church, I know we have dedicated children that are as tall as uh, 12 years. Right? If you do not do it right, please do it right. Dedicate them to God. Consciously hand them over to God. It is your role to do that. They can do that for themselves. Lead them to Christ as they mature to understand salvation message. Every parent should be proud to be the one that will be the, to preach salvation and that your child will accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. Every parent should look towards that. If you are a child of God, then your children should be your combat. It, is, it should be a must in a, in a godly home. So you have to target, do everything to achieve that goal. It may be at the age of four, ten, but please don't let it cross age of ten. Make sure you lead your child to Christ. It must not cross what? The age of ten. Make sure you lead them to Christ. Teach and instruct them on everything. Pastor, pastors have mentioned that. I will just leave that. Like we said, this slide will be available on the internet. Correct and discipline them appropriately on everything. Don't overlook any wrong. If you see the life of David, 
The problem in the family of David was because of David's negligence in taking care of his children. There was incest in the family. And David kept quiet. Until another child, probably from another woman, Absalom, went ahead to kill the brother. That was when David eyes open. Oh, so this incest, I'm supposed to have disciplined this incest then. David did not do anything about it. Make sure you correct and discipline your children. It is your responsibility. Proverbs 19.18 says, Chasing thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare, for his crying. Don't say, oh, because my child is crying, I will not beat him. Sorry. Spare the rod. And you what? And spare the child. But anyways, some I argue in this our days, there's no more flogging. But I say, when you discipline a child, that is even worse than flogging. Hello? I say, when you discipline a child, that is worse than what? Flogging. If you have to do it, please do it. Oh, we know of Eli. Eli was failed in teaching his children. We will not fail in Jesus' name. Pray for them, pray with them, and allow them to pray. See them pray. Because when the problem comes, you need to teach them to be able to look unto God and not look unto you. Okay? Encourage them to pursue and achieve God-given goal. Be their friend, be available, and be approachable. Sorry, I have to rush this. Be their friend, be available, and be approachable. Do not provoke your children. There are many ways we provoke them. Preferential treatment provokes children. You love one child more than the other. You saw that in the life of uh, Jacob and the children. The Bible says Jacob loved Joseph and he bought him a colorful cloth. Why not the same colorful cloth for the rest of the children? And the Bible says when those ones discovered that their father loved Joseph, they were looking for a way to what? To kill him. It was Jacob that made that to happen. Not those children. He loved one more than the other. That's a way to provoke your children. If you are disciplining your children wrongly, a child has committed one offense, you are giving punishment more than the offense. You are provoking the child. So please, let's not provoke our children. Be their godly role model. A good example to follow. Hmm? Make sure you are their role model. Now, I'll just go through this quickly. You get this slide, please. Um, okay. Now, I'll just project this so that we'll see it. Different children's categories require different approach in taking care of them. You can just go through this. If you have a preteen, please create time to spend with them. Someone said something, and ever since then, it has changed my perspective about raising children. These children you have seen today that jump on you, that, that do everything to you, that open your door anyhow, and many of us, they are irritating to us. Sorry, the time is coming. You will be the one begging them to come to, your, to you. Maximize the use of this time. Your children will never go lower. They will only be what? And the more they are going, growing, the farther they are from you. So make sure you maximize this time you have with them. And the, 
The value you will actually make those children to live with can only be impacted when they are below 10. Once they cross the age of 10, sorry, whatever you have done is sealed. They now need to form their own value. So if you don't give them a basis, what will happen? They will form a wrong value. So please, you still have children that are 10, below 10. Make sure you invest your time to make them know what is the value you want them to follow. And what is, what is that? Biblical values. You have teenagers be their mentor and their coach. <laughs> it is changing. You know, after 10, you can only be a mentor and a coach. There are, there are restrictions what you can do about that. Okay? Um, if you have unmarried adults, guide them, but respect their desires in making choice, marital partner choice. Follow biblical principles and not any other cultural requirement that is against the Bible. Proverbs 18.22 It says, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Not they that findeth a good wife. It is who? He. So, if your, your I think Pastor already said that, I don't need to stress again. He that findeth, not they that findeth the parents. No, not the day. He that findeth, obtaineth what? Favor of the Lord. That's the Bible. Parents of adults married, please give them space. I already mentioned that. You have children that are married, give them space. Take care of your own husband and your wife. Leave them to live their life. Pray for them. Guide them, but don't force your will on them. By the time the crisis comes, you can't stop it. I've seen that play live. When the, the husband says, oh, it's divorce. What can you do? We say, no, you don't divorce my wife or my, my daughter. What will you do? So give them space as parents. Guide them, pray for them, but don't force your will on them. Now let's go to the last part. I know we are not doing very well with time. This group, to make us go fast, I'm not going to go over my one. Okay. You have a choice about this group. If anybody is going to scatter your home, treat him. The Bible says go read all those texts. Treat him like what? A devil. I say, sorry, I'm not your friend again. You can't break my home. Sorry. No, so because it's my friend, he's a very good friend. Very good friend, want to break your home? You better run for your life. That is the basis for any of these. If it is phone, if it is cooking, if it is television, whatever it is. That will make you not to have full attention on your spouse. Please treat that thing as what? As what? Devil. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. That will make you not to be what God wants to be in your marriage. Treat that thing as devil and cast him out. Or cast her out. They are not your family members. Hello? Including brethren. I'm serious about that. So brethren... All they are doing what? To just take, download from you and spread. Treat them as what? Devil. Your home is more important than any other person. After God. Praise the Lord. Actively involve your spouse in all relationships you have outside your marriage. Define your stand 
about relationship with anybody outside your marriage. Nowadays, while I was writing this, I said, anybody you, you have a friend, opposite sex. But nowadays, even if you have a person of same sex, eh, make sure you say, no, I'm not gay. I am what? <laughs> make sure you define it nowadays. Praise God. Never treat any man or woman better than you will treat your spouse. I've told you. Your pastor does not see your nakedness. But your wife does. So how dare you treat your pastor or anybody better than you treat your wife? The respect you give to your to anybody outside, your boss, you should give better to your spouse. That's the way it is. If you want peace in your home, don't delegate your role to your spouse, to any other person, including your house help. House help should not become <laughs> another name. <laughs> your house help should not become your house help meet. You know, you just need to put the... Uh, your wife is your help meet. Don't let it become what? House help meet. Please, watch out. The quickest way to a man's heart, they say, is what? Is his stomach? So if you don't know how to cook, please go and learn. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Thank God our women, they have a class they call Women's Kitchen, right? Go and learn. The quickest way for you to win your husband is what? Give him good food. Don't, compro- don't compare your spouse with any other person. See, the truth is, the true lacon that you are seeing. No, none of you know the true lacon, but who? My wife. You see a good lacon outside, a good lacon that is, uh, okay, at least you, you are able to manage. You want to know the true me? Go and ask my wife. So if I'm not comparing my wife with you, I'll be a fool. Because I don't know the real you. Praise God. Focus on working on yourself and not on your spouse. If you want a change, focus on working on yourself and not your spouse. Do not use phone, friends, TV, cooking, whatever it is, to avoid your much desired time with your spouse. All those things, I treat them as third parties. You, are, you have time to play with WhatsApp, but no time to play with your home. That's one my wife is here. Okay, I can say this now. And so I discovered that, including ministry, we that we are busy, church, office, everything, you know, at times you think, is this man, does he have work at all? <laughs> yeah, we have. And we still have home. My, I have no excuse to make my home to suffer because I'm a pastor. No. Neither do I have any excuse to make my home to suffer because I'm working in a company where I'm required 24 hours. Sorry. God would not say because of that. And one thing I devised, probably it may help somebody. I discovered that I'm very busy, so I have a day in the week that I call family day. That day, we don't take dinner in the house. That day, I will not tell you the day, so that you don't put any program on the day. <laughs> that day, it is dinner where? house. And I try to make the family to begin to determine what we are going to do. 
It may be we watch video together in the house. It may be we go to, for eateries or we do everything. I just make sure I'm around those children that day evening, in the evening of that day. So that, yes, I'm busy, but when I'm available, I am there for them. Yes, you are busy. If it is one minute you are available, don't let that one money be spent on the friends that you will go to again. Spend it with the children. Don't let phone, WhatsApp, all the social to make you lose the value you're supposed to be imputing to your family. Praise the Lord. Do not allow your job to steal you away from your spouse and your children. If today the oil price crash completely, your company can determine, decide to what? Send you away. Where would they push you to? Where would they push you to? Your home. Will your home sack you? And you are spending your time with, that, with that, those who that can tear you off any time. Focus on your... So don't let your job take you away from your family. Keep personal problem personal. I've shared that. Then finally, let's see how we, we, we rush this. Um, hardly marital challenges. I'm going to display it to you so that we don't have time to... Oh, sorry. Be ready to forgive your spouse. These ugly challenges related to your relationship with others, with your in-laws, with uh, your children included. Be ready to forgive your spouse, no matter the challenge that you may face. My principle is forgive before offense. The truth is there is no offense my wife will ever commit or not commit. The decision is already made. It is till death do us part. Are you with me? Decide that it is till death do us part. No matter what it is. So, be ready to forgive before what? The offense. Watch out for danger signs. Pastor already talked about that. And just for me to to, to, to say this, if your spouse tells you that, Oni, I don't like your closeness with this lady, please listen. I've seen it happen live. The wife warned the husband. They were saying, oh, he's just a brother, a sister in the church. The sister is just being innocent. Let's not don't stop putting all this, your sentiment in all issues. You are being jealous. Before you know it, the master is sleeping with that woman. Please, women, they have, you know, pastors talk about relationship. They have the instinct we don't have. If your wife warns you about a woman, run from that woman immediately. Praise God. And the other way, if it is your husband, that's it. My wife, I don't like your closeness with this man. Please treat that man as what? Devil. <laughs> Praise God. Um, now, I have a, what I call the general solution. I think you have, you have seen part of it. I will just run through it. Solution to any challenge you may have. Prevention is better than kill. You have seen that in the previous slide. Follow biblical principle. And your life will be heaven on heart. I mean your home will be heaven on heart. If you follow biblical principle. Don't wait until the problem comes before you raise alarm. 
I'll say that again. Don't wait until the problem gets worse. It is where the man is going for divorce. That's when you remember to raise alarm. Sorry. Raise alarm. Never consider an alternative. Please. You see that in the life of the great father of faith, Abraham. It was the same spouse that made him to go and give back to Ishmael. The world is still suffering from Ishmael's seed today. Never consider an alternative unto God, no matter the challenge you are passing through. I've mentioned that. We have to go now. Now, I just have three examples of common challenge you can face and what are the way out. Okay, that's one. You can just have a, have a look on that. Barrenness. The reaction, I'm talking in, in terms of reaction of your family to barrenness. I'll just mention two words, two words there. Never compromise your faith in God. Now, people will treat your issue the way you allow them to treat it. If they say, oh, our son, what is happening? This is the, this is the fifth year. No child. You say, oh, my, 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 I don't know what is happening. They say, okay, we have solution. But they call you, what is happening? They say, Mama, my parents, just be praying for us. God is doing something. Did you hear what I said? Tell them God is what? The moment you say, Mommy, I don't know what is happening. I'm tired. They say, oh, we, don't be tired. We have solution. And they will give you a solution. And part of their solution may be what? Divorce your wife. So don't open that avenue for them to start coming to give you a solution. Only go to God for solution. If you have a direct child, a child that is disobedient, treat him like a prodigal son. Never disown your child. And lastly, Infidelity, divorce, separation. Please maintain your marital vow till death do you part. No condition. I repeat. No condition, no matter the state of your wedding, of your marriage now, is never a justified condition for you to do what God hates. And what is that? Divorce. No condition. No matter it is, including infidelity. If you go and we don't have time today, you go and read Matthew five, thirty-one, Matthew nineteen three to nine, you see the model of Jesus. Jesus said, Okay, Moses said because of fornication. Because of what? But as a married person, can you commit fornication? Only adultery. So Jesus was actually saying, For no reason must you divorce your wife. Go and read it again. Jesus said, For the sake of fornication, that only happened before you got married. A married person sleeping with an unmarried person. To the married person, what is he doing? Adultery, not fornication. So Jesus was teaching us, no matter what, you are not permitted to divorce your wife. Praise God. I have to go now. Please come. I know time is completely... Uh, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.